Welcome! This is the first edition of our spring series and marks more than 110 episodes and just over five years of our podcast. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for this hairdressing conversation, which we call Respectfully. We've created the podcast so that you can feel part of the industry, wherever you are and whatever your involvement with hairdressing. We've had so many valuable discussions and exchanges of ideas over the years. And one of the things I find particularly interesting is when guests return to share further news or discoveries that spark a new debate or reflection on what it means to be a hairdresser in the UK today. Joe Irving is a salon owner and also a professional business and personal coach. She has joined us previously to talk about her great passion in life, which is empowering creatives to live an authentic and successful life full of joy that also safeguards their own well-being. Back in 2021, Joe introduced us to one of the people she was coaching, hairdresser Oliver Blackaby. At that point, Ollie was embarking on a new adventure as the proud owner of their hair salon in Hove on the South Coast. Joe and Ollie talked with me about getting back to work after the COVID pandemic and the new challenges they faced. Joe was educating Ollie on how to focus on his mental health while also building his new business. For this new series, I thought we would open with a follow-up to see where Joe and Ollie are today. I know the hair salon has flown and is well established in the community. So much so that Oliver has headspace to work on other projects, including his own podcast, The So Lovely Talk Show with Siobhan Jones, and he's also building an education platform. Is he still working with Joe as a coach? Listen to find out. Hello and welcome to the Respectfully Podcast Studio. Joe, nice to see you. Hi, Nikki. And Oliver, nice to see you. Lovely to see you too. Thank you for heading up into the big city to see me here on the outskirts <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a fairly sort of wet day in spring. But you both have an air of positivity about you, I always think. We spoke to you three years ago. Ollie, what was going on then three years ago? And then jump to what's the sort of headline, this is where I'm at now. Three years ago, I was literally about to open my big salon, the hair salon in, in, in Hove in Sussex, um, and at that point I was just very new to it, whereas three years down the line now I feel very much like I've been in that that moment and feel much like I've gra- got hold of that. New, new to being a salon owner, because you've yeah. had a little salon before, but yeah, maybe just a salon. studio. Yeah, yeah, a little salon, and this was like a, a much bigger project. So yeah, yeah, Looking after other people. Absolutely, yes. And now you feel... I feel like I kind Nailed of got it. this a bit more now. I feel yeah. like I've uh, experienced three years of ups and downs, and now I, I think I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, when we spoke to you, you were also about to uh, repurpose the space that you'd had for a while, I think, and a co-working space. You were building your coaching side mm-hmm. of your of your career, moving perhaps away from the hairdressing a bit more. Yeah, I'm doing hair a lot less. Um, like one day a month with clients and then the rest of the time coaching and then obviously running this space. It's been, yeah. So you are, to all intents and purposes, a salon owner still. Yes. And the space is still a hair space with independent Yeah, so we've got um, stylists in there that are freelancing and then we've got a fitness studio, um, a beauty area and then we have a larger space where we have events for kind of local businesses. Um, I do coaching events in there and, and just use it to to bring together the community, I guess. Yeah. In the last three years, we've had a lot of change. Yeah, Or have we? Yes. What do you think, what does each of you see as the big, the, the really significant changes, perhaps in the way people work or the attitude or the, or the vibe? 
I think from my point of view, being a salon owner, everyone was desperate to get back to work mm. with a new working attitude. Yeah. And that's definitely why my salon was a success from the doors opening. People wanted to work there because they wanted to change their environment and that's exactly what I promoted. Yeah. What I have noticed from three years ago to now, the world of freelancers has evolved in a huge way. Yeah. Um, and it's trying to keep up, or not keep up, just keep aligned with that and keeping aligned with what I want to offer with my business. So that's what I've noticed a lot. Mm -hmm. Because you're hosting a space for freelancers, yes. that's the way you would describe them. And then, so it's interesting, isn't it? Yes, the concept that what freelancers want and how they want to work is even evolving. Mm -hmm. Joe, you must see that quite a bit. Yeah, so there was this definite need, I think, um, when people had had so much time off and they were evaluating what it was that they wanted and, and what they felt they needed. And everyone was like, oh, I can own a business, I can do this on my own. Yeah. And what I've seen is a lot of people went and did it in their garden or had little whatever built and then realized it's not actually as easy as that and you you know they didn't necessarily have any business skills or any anything to back them up and it was just like yeah i've got clients and i can do this yeah and i've seen that then move to oh gosh what am i going to do now i want to i want people around me i want support i want to go back into a salon or reaching out and and getting help from coaches and mentors because the fundamental skills weren't there yeah so um, you can learn it can't you you yeah, can learn course. to cope with I think it's, it's practical skills, like running a business. You yeah. are your own business. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. this big wave of people who've suddenly done their first tax return as yeah. a yes. freelancer, I think, has <laughs> so scared the bejesus out of a lot of people because, yeah. you know, um, that's not easy. But also coping with a workload or you know, looking after yourself because nobody else is going to or yeah. coping yeah. with not being part of a team or yes, exactly that. have to invest in yourself because yeah. you haven't got team leader yeah and the fear as well is this because they don't necessarily have the skills and I'm not it's any shade whatsoever I think it's brilliant um it's just something that I've seen um I don't know if you feel this as well Ollie but it's like they say yes to everything because there's a sense of fear of I've got to build this business it's got to be successful I need the money so they say yes to everything then they get burnt out and then they're like I can't do this I don't want this and it's not that they can't do it or they don't want it yeah. it's just that they're not doing it in a way that works for them and I, th I think when you focus on the money and you make decisions out of fear um, you're not going to get something that aligns with I totally agree I think what you want I think with working with the freelancers within my salon I've had a few people come from employed environments to then run their own business and they automatically, when they feel stressed or w are worried about money, they go into their default action and go back to how they were thought that they should work. So they yeah. work, they don't, they work hard and not smart. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they will say, "I'm going to, I'm going to spend three hours on one client," and then all of a sudden they've got three clients in three hours. And it's it's trying to rein that back and say, "You're changing your work ethic here to it to be reactionary rather than planning yeah. it out." Yeah, yeah, good point. So. Do you find, Ollie, that you end, do you end up being like a salon, so you are a salon owner, do you end up being like a team leader to people who work in your space, or, and do you want to do that? Yes, and I think that's been the evolution from opening the doors. Um, as before I opened, I got some coaching with Joe, which was absolutely valuable for me, but as soon as I started having people coming to work with me, I wanted to, I was seeing the stuff that I learnt and I was seeing those flaws and things happening within the team and then trying to work with them and build that up. Yeah. Um, and I think I 
evolved into that role rather than planned necessarily to be that person. Right. Um, but I love it, and right. I really so enjoy. So you find it rewarding. I've, to do I, that. I, I never thought I, I'm paternal in any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but there's definitely a nurturing side of me that wants to see people succeed and do well. Yeah. And that's what's happened with the hair salon. And when people come in, I've seen people had some really dark moments, and I've had to really work with them to try and pull pull them out of that. And obviously, I've then reached out to Joe to help me with that because there's points where I haven't got the capacity to work at that. Yeah. So. So in your space, Joe, where you are also hosting other people, mm -hmm. do you find that you've had to set boundaries or of like, well, I'm looking after you and nurturing you, but not the way yeah, that a, an employer would? Yeah. So a lot of that is about money and exactly what Ollie just said. They do go back to their default of what time can I finish? And I'm like, it's your business. Yeah. You know, you can do what you want. But I will support them because when they are happy and successful then we are happy and successful. So there is no business without them. Like, they are my client. Yeah. Um, so for Ollie, I would say to him, your team are your clients. So that's what you need to focus on is creating a, a supportive space and finding out what it is that their needs are and then and meeting them, but not going over the boundaries. And, you know, my daughter actually works in my salon, so that's very difficult. Yeah. Um, but, like, we don't talk about work at home. She's included in meetings as everyone else is we try and you know keep it separate um because sometimes i'm her mum and sometimes i'm i'm not even her boss i'm yeah. her landlord i guess yeah. yeah um but yeah it's about giving you know you don't want to gatekeep what success is it's like let's make this work for you for example one of them's just come back um from having her first child and she works with her little one there or we've set up a space so her husband can come in and look after the baby and sometimes uh, he's there like eight hours because she's only, you know, just come back and she doesn't want to leave him. And for me, I'm supporting a client to make that a better Right, to make that know. possible. Yeah. yeah. That's looking. amazing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Do you have to navigate that with your other clients, I suppose? It has to be a group decision that that can happen or do you I'm take just, the lead you know, on it? Yeah, because it's a supportive environment. The baby's not necessarily in the salon. And obviously, if he's upset or there's a lot of noise then we'll go in but I just you know I want to make it easy yeah. for them I don't want them to feel awkward it's difficult enough being a mum going back to work so whatever I can do to support that yeah. you know if a, if a client came in with their baby we'd be like yeah of course yeah. so why not with a yeah, stylist absolutely. The same. and I think it's interesting isn't it we've almost adopted or learned a whole new language yeah. yes I think from my point of view I was probably looking for this a long time ago right um, and I was I was hoping that that environment would exist, but I wasn't conscious of it. And as I left my my full-time job um, and then went out on my own, I had no plan. And I was like, I know I'll be successful because if I lost my job, I know I'll survive. So I split that round. So it was then trying to pull in and work out what those what the, what is it I wanted to achieve. Yeah. So before everyone was going freelance and having little studios, I was doing that. Eight yeah. years ago yeah. and I was trying to find the people that I resonated with from that yeah. um, but it is a whole new language and I think when you're working with a team who want to speak that language but then still go back to their default or go you know you can see the cogs working sometimes it is mm. it's sometimes really hard to try and break through that yeah that barrier so there is a language that has to be learned but I feel like there's a lot of people open to learning mm. that new language I think it's interesting for people listening to this, without naming names, you worked for a very, very big group in an environment which was arguably the f 
complete opposite of what yes. you find yourself in now. Sort of very busy, high yes. street, yes. probably probably upbeat, or it would aspire to feeling upbeat and dynamic, but perhaps was crazy busy. Yes. And noisy. So from that work environment, I learned so much. When I joined that company, I didn't realise that there was things I could do with hair, and I became part of an art team, I became an educator, I did fashion week, I, became a, I started heading fashion shows, I was involved with creating images for the company. So I learned and experienced a wealth of amazing things that I never thought prior to that that I would do. So I can't knock that whatsoever. I also work with some incredible people with the industry who I'm still friends with now and collaborate with. So that whole experience is very dear to my heart. But I got to a point where I... And I think this is where we, when you think about what does success mean to you, I thought being a head of an art team, going, going to shows, doing all that was success. And actually, I was unhappy because I was travelling five days a week from Brighton. Mm. Uh, um, I was getting up at the crack of dawn, coming back really late at night. It was affecting my relationship with my husband. And it wasn't until I woke up and I cried before I went to do a meeting that when I got to that meeting, I opened an email from my husband saying... I can't support you if you're not happy. Mm. I will support you in everything that you do if it is, this is what you want, but yeah. if you're not happy, I can't support you. And at that moment, I knew I had to change it. Yeah. So it's just, you, what, what you were five years ago, ten years ago, isn't the person you are now. Yeah. So as much as you think that's what you want, mm -hmm. unless you really are true to yourself, then, then it's not successful yeah. because actually the core of you isn't happy. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I wanted to make that change. And it wasn't anything to do with the company I worked with because they were fantastic and they yeah. supported me beautifully and I wouldn't have the career I have now because of them. Mm, mm, so Yeah. Is that, does that, Ollie's explanation, Joe, does that resonate? Would you, is that the main reason people do need I was change? literally just about to say that, yeah. I've had that literally makes my heart feel so sad. But also I've had that hundreds of times yeah because people set their um their sights on what everybody's it's like this unconscious bias of what success is mm. so it's like yeah to have a salon and to get ten thousand followers and to get this amount of money but actually that's kind of it's just such a limiting belief because you're always putting the this idea of happiness or success in the future yeah. and it's like just taking that back and saying what do i actually need to be successful or if you had 10,000 followers or you had a salon or you were head of an art team what would that feel like how else can you create that feeling in your life what does that feel like and almost like working because it's not about the label or the thing it's, yeah. it's about what that feels like yeah you know, the amount of famous people that are having nervous breakdowns because they're actually not happy they're rich and they're successful and they've got loads of people around them yeah. but they're not happy yeah and then feel either guilty or mystified as to why they're not happy because this is all I ever wanted. Exactly. So now I've got it. I don't know what to do yeah. with it. But it's interesting, isn't it? Empowering yourself by going freelance, bringing it back to hairdressing specifically, is only half the job. You then need to, if you're going to get that free out yeah. of freelance, yeah. Yeah. you then have to think through, okay, I'm not going to be constrained by the norms or the expectations or the things that I thought. Yeah. Or what success is. Just to kind of clarify as well, you don't have to be freelance in order to be successful or happy. Like there are so many people that are so happy under an umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I actually love that. I think it's really important to be part of a team if that feels good for you. So it's not about being freelance or being employed. It's about 
what you actually need for yourself. Yeah. And, and I felt that when I was a part of that environment. Yeah. I felt like I was supported. I created a community. It gave me, di it gave me discipline. It gave me everything I needed to feel well-rounded in the role that I was doing. So absolutely was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just when you get older, you think you want different things and you want to change things. Yeah, which is absolutely fine to say as well. It doesn't mean mm. you have to sort of write off, oh, I was doing it wrong all those years. It's like, well, maybe I've changed or mm -hmm. the world around yeah. me has changed. I think it's interesting that um, sometimes, you know, you have to try something and see what it is that doesn't suit you or does suit you. Do you think there's... I think it's important that as we are all continually trying out new things, that it's okay to go back to being employed. Yeah, of course. And I think we need to make it okay for salons to have people back. Yeah. Because I do hear quite a lot of sort of um, frustration and anxiety from salon owners mm -hmm. and team leaders about people leaving. Yeah. But we need them to be okay to have people back. Otherwise you know yeah we don't want to have that sort of like well you know you left me once i'm not having you back you know you have to yeah. we have to learn that language of like that's okay and if somebody's gone away and learned something about themselves yeah i think a lot of the so i work in salon um running courses for uh teams to kind of create a real beautiful salon culture that works for all of them and I think a lot of the time people are leaving salons, not because they necessarily want to be freelance, but because their values aren't being met in the salon. Yeah. So it's more about creating an environment and a salon space where they are being met because you're going to retain your staff. They're going to be happier. They're not going to be taking time off with stress or anxiety. And they're just going to feel more confident. A lot of the time that people leave is out of fear because yeah. they, they might be having a bit of a, uh, a burnout or a a bit of a breakdown and not feeling great so instead of saying okay I'm going to work through this and speak to my boss or whoever they go sod this I'm going to leave and set up on my own thinking it's the easier option but actually to be supported by your team is incredible yeah and you know how amazing is that I'd have loved that when I was younger yeah um so yeah I think it's yeah if you take your take your team member back of course but let's create an environment where they're not leaving in the first place yeah and if they do, I was taught this um, by a lovely uh, hairdresser a long time ago, the concept of loving somebody out of your business, which then makes it possible for people to come back as and when it's... It's about building a business around your life rather than building yeah. your life around your business. And that is what's going to help your, your stylist stay as well. Because a lot of the reason they want to leave is because they want their life back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if yeah. they're as happy at work as they are out of work, then that balance doesn't feel as off. Yeah. It's like the... The, well, one of the questions that comes up so often in hairdressing is value. You know, yeah. how do you value a service? How do you put your prices up? Yeah. But equally, how do you value yourself? So there was a comment you made um, when we last spoke mm -hmm. to you both together about setting up your business, yeah. where you were saying, I'm just about to open this 10-chair salon yeah. um, with uh, this co-working space. I've got everything ready. And you made the comment, and I've put my prices up. Yeah. Is that... Do you look at that as being something that actually, how important was that? Really, really important. And actually listening to that back, I didn't put them up as high as I should have done. Yeah. And I'm about to put my prices up yet again. I'm going to do it every year moving forward because you have to. And I've learned this from Joe is that you have to really understand why you're charging those prices because you are going to want to be working 
um, need to be working smart, not hard. And you don't want to be, and you know, I've caught myself do it, and you're doing something, and you, you, you're undercharging, and you're just beating yourself up because you're saying, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why have I, and I'm making myself annoyed with myself, yeah. and then I'm projecting that onto my client. That's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to them. It's not fair to me. It's not so fair to the people around you who are witnessing you going in your own little whirlpool going, Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's And valuable. have you found that if you value yourself, which is essentially what you're doing by putting your prices up, that actually people value you more because you value yourself? Yeah. So I, it's actually a self-rewarding... Yeah, I think you learn those clients who, it doesn't matter, Ollie, I want you to do my hair. Mm-hmm. That, that's, the, that's the line that you hear and you're, you're relieved. It's the ones who are, are the ones that push for a cheaper version of what you do. Those are the ones who make a noise and those are the ones who actually you want to, you want to sort of say goodbye to because yeah. it actually gives you much more of a peaceful life. Yeah, <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. Because yeah, there's somebody else there to do their hair. So yeah. Yeah, yeah you, create, you create a space for somebody else to move into. Are there... So, Joe, as as the business coach in hairdressing what are the key themes that you're discovering at the moment and have they altered over the last two or three years so the people you're working with so just what we're talking about really a big thing is turning salons from um, employed to self-employed right and what that means for the people there so it's really what I do at the moment is going into salons and help building that salon culture so for example if somebody's not feeling confident they're not going to be interested in the new techniques or the new products that you're bringing in or the new pricing I, you know stylists say to their managers well no I'm not charging that and it's it's not even their decision yeah but then because they're not feeling good you know they're surrounded by other people so if there's one person in that team that is feeling less than yeah they're not going to show up for themselves they're not going to grow so it's really about um I go in and, and support and create like a safe space for everyone to, to grow. Yeah. Um, and also for salon owners that are buying new salons and maybe merging teams or, or taking over other other teams and how to bring them all together. Um, always pricing. There's always people not charging enough or they charge. They do this big price increase. I have people phoning me in tears. So we go through it. There's a particular process that we follow. And in that, they might have 200 clients and they're, not, they're charging 20 pounds, I don't know, 20, 30 pounds for, for a cut blow dry. This is top of my head. This is yeah, not real. Yeah, just for example. Yes. And um, we'll put the price up to 50 or 60. And because we want to lose 100 clients. Mm. But the thing is, you might get 100 people in one week phoning you and saying, I can't afford that. So for a client, or for a stylist, all they're hearing is no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, so it feels. But every time they phone me and they're like, Joe, this has happened. I'm like, great, brilliant. This is what we wanted. Remember the plan, remember the plan. And then we make space for new clients and then they start kind of building up again. But it's, it happens every time. There's such a pattern. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can predict it and I even let them know what's going to happen. Yeah. You are going to feel so much fear. You're going to phone me in tears. This is going to happen. And then you're going to feel amazing. Yeah. Um, the other thing is the fear about particular team members leaving. So if you're building a business and there's one team member that's doing really well, there's a lot of fear about what happens when that stylist yeah. leaves. Mm-hmm. And just k- keep coming back to your values, what you built the business for, mm-hmm. um, how you want the business to be, and just remembering uh, yeah, to come back to your own vision. Yeah. Um, it's a conversation I have all the time. We've yeah. had. <laughs> <laughs> We've had. We've had. <laughs> so it's an so 
That's sweet. The ongoing relationship then. So you two met and started working together three years, a bit longer ago. Mm-hmm. So do you still work together or is it on an as-needs basis or is this now part of your life plan? <laughs> I would like say Joe it's definitely in. part of my life plan <laughs> in, in the sense that it's when, when you run a business, it can be very lonely, even though you may have loads of people around you. Yeah. But there's moments where you are in your own head and you're you've got a lot of thoughts but you you know I can speak to my husband about them but he won't have the yeah. feedback that would help yeah. uh, he will listen but he will yeah. he won't be able to help out whereas I know if I book a session with Joe even if I haven't actually got anything a particular topic on mind I've actually gone to her um sat there and kind of said I've just got these ideas and thoughts and we've spent two hours three hours talking through all this stuff and actually I've come out going well that's not what I expected yeah Mm -hmm. you know so it just it actually just does me the world of good to speak to someone or what's going on in my head yeah and then if I have got some issues that are business related and I'm I'm in fear I'm working in the fear area or I'm catastrophizing and I have had moments where I've had sessions with Joe and I have broke down in tears because Mm -hmm. I have worked myself into such a state and I'm in a really bad place and she's been able to pull me out of that yeah. because I can talk to, I can talk to other people but Joe's the only one who I feel like because she's been there from the beginning yeah that she knows your backstory she knows my backstory and yeah. she and you know as much as we've worked together she knows my my defaults my the way I respond mm. to things how I have relationships with people and she so she's good mm. at picking up on those yeah. things so yeah I also feel I'm I understand what Ollie's capable of and I think sometimes when you're making decisions what's difficult is because you don't know what you're capable of because yeah. you only base it on what you've already achieved Right. whereas I can see the trajectory and c- kind of can support him and empower yeah, him in that it's way it's like an objective but I work with Ollie you know, very much as and when is needed rather than a monthly basis yeah. you know. mm-hmm. which, which brings me to the retreat concepts so Joe, I know you've been well you go on retreats yourself, mm-hmm. learning retreats, but you've been hosting retreats for several years. Yeah. What's the concept of the re- of the retreat in the first place? So the retreat in Ibiza was very much kind of, so we've always done it in Ibiza. I had one in the UK a couple of years ago before lockdown. Um, this one is very much, it's January. It's kind of, I feel like we're all there kind of ready to learn something new and set our plans into action, but not really sure where to start. So it's kind of like feeding that and and giving people a space to really think about what it is that they need. And for me, that is in a space away from home where you don't, and away from work, where you don't have to think about what's for dinner. You don't have to, you know, you're surrounded by, you know, when you meet someone or you go for coffee with somebody that's like in your network or Mm. in your industry and you just come away feeling so full of inspiration. Yeah. And you've just gone for a quick coffee. It's that, but for a week yeah. it's wow. that so kind of having everyone together as well it's not just about me um but this year we had so it's very much business focused because there's no pool to lounge by outside and you know it's very much kind of like let's get down let's work on ourselves yes um so i brought along equipped who are an incredible marketing um company and i worked with them we were both booked to do a talk for swatchkoff brunches um and I was so, I think we were kind of blown away by each other's knowledge and what that brought to our own services. So I invited them to come along and it was just brilliant. Um, but what I found was a lot of people that came, Ollie and Siobhan Jones was there as well. They were both like, um, 
felt a bit guilty about telling people they were going on a retreat. A bit yeah. like, and I was thinking, <laughs> you have no idea what's coming. Like, this is not lying this around getting the nails done. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, that's actually quite hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I think with retreats, it's very much, you feel like it's this real decadent, exuberant thing to do. It's actually yeah. kind of essential for growth in your business yeah. and for yourself as well. well you're right there, because it's almost like, especially the Brits, I think, we have that sort of guilt feeling. So what was it like attending then for you, Ollie? Um, it was, it blew my mind. Um, I booked it after I lost my dog, which was a really sad time. And I, when you, ha- I think sometimes when you have those moments of, of low, you make some really strong decisions because it's like, I'm going to just do this for me. And I didn't really give it any emotional thought at that point. It wasn't until I got close to it, I was like, I'm going on a business <laughs> retreat. <laughs> um, and um, I, what I got from it, was you are you are in a beautiful environment. It's like being on holiday when you go away and you just lie there on the sunbed and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to do this with my life. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to paint the lounge this colour and I'm going to do yes, this. Yes, the blue sky thinking yeah, comes yeah. in. Oh, it's all possible. Space. It's all possible. Yeah. So you've got all this space. So that that's what it is. But you're doing it with your business. So you're eating beautiful food. You've got beautiful views of the Somerset countryside. You've got beautiful environment that you're s- sitting in, and you're surrounded by like-minded people. So, yes, you'll have allocated times where you're working on things. And as Joe said, a quip came and blew our minds away. But you're also then eating, drinking, chatting, socialising with like-minded people. And we're all talking business with each other. Right. And we have definitely come away from this retreat with a small community. We mm-hmm. still talk on the WhatsApp group. Yeah. Um, and we all celebrate each other's achievements mm-hmm. and support each other when we're low. And, um, you know, we're going to business events in the future. We're all meeting up at those. So, in a way, it's... It's way more than I ever imagined it was going to be. We very much create an environment where everyone feels safe to speak. Um, but it is a coaching environment. It's right. not like all the girls down the pub. Like, it's yeah. a coaching environment. So everyone shares because shame grows in silence. So it's amazing what, how different you feel about what you're sharing yeah. once you've said it in that supportive group. Yeah. I remember years ago going on my first retreat and I was like, I'm not saying this, I'm not holding anyone's hand, I'm not sitting in a circle, because I had so much to hold back. Yeah. I was just like, I am keeping everyone at arm's length, I will not do this. And by the end of it, when I actually let go, I was like, wow, that has actually changed my life. Yeah. And letting go is part of it. Yeah. But you are with other business owners. Yeah. And I'm really quite particular about who goes. Yeah. So it's a very sacred space, I think, right. for that week. So it's kind of vetted. Yeah, I think everyone definitely had, I definitely had huge highs and then I had some very strong lows as well because yeah. it is very overwhelming and everybody else on the retreat did as well. You mm-hmm. know, there, there was some people, people had to retreat from points, but you're allowed to yeah. um, because it's, it's, you are revealing yourself to yourself. Yeah. And I've learned so much from that that I can also then bring back to the salon and I've, I've feel so much more confident going into the future from the retreat I've got to say that's a really good point Ollie so it's not necessarily about sharing it in front of people it's you're sharing to yourself so you will journal you'll have thoughts and you can write them down right so you're not in Ibiza for example it's it's much more kind of spiritual and and we would share stuff because it's more about emotional um, building and building confidence whereas this is understanding your values and building your business around that right Um, so you might things might come up for you that you didn't realize were there yeah so you can share that of course but it's more about you putting that in your journal and you building on that right so okay. it you wouldn't have to be like you know 
yeah. strip bare. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, unless you want to. Unless you want to. <laughs> yeah. In Ibiza. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if, some, <laughs> if somebody's listening to, or somebody's listening to this now and thinking, oh, okay, this sounds interesting. So I'll ask each of you, slightly on the spot. Gosh, can you hear the rain on the roof? That's <laughs> so exciting. Listeners, that is is uh, <laughs> proof that we're sitting in a, a glass-topped extension. Um, so, Ollie, what would you say would be... You referenced it slightly, but sum it up for us. Two or three things to ask yourself. If, if you're thinking, do I need coaching? Would I benefit from coaching? What might be the two or three things you'd say? Ask yourself this, ask yourself that, and then you'll know the answer. If you're thinking about doing something and you're just sitting in your own head with it and you're not doing anything active about it, that's when you need coaching. Right. Because that's, it's, it's allowing the action to happen, yeah. I would say. Okay. Joe, anything to add to that? Somebody? Uh, yeah, I think if you're not where you want to be, really, you know, if you're not, if you aspire to be something else, you, I think you know whether you're holding yourself back. Right. You might not admit it, but people know if it's yeah. like, they ask yourself why it's not happening. And right. if it's because I don't think that I'm good enough, I'm not qualified enough, I haven't got enough money. It's, it's the limiting beliefs and the kind of, yeah. if you're speaking to people like, I don't know, your parents, you want to have a business and you speak to your parents, your friends or your, your partner, and they've always been employed, they're probably going to err on the side of caution and advise you not to do that. Yeah. So it's like... What, what am I hearing from other people and what am I telling myself? So if you're hearing the reasons not to do something yeah. or the mm. things that are holding you back, that would be... Yeah, or a, if, if uh, you're aware, yeah. you're not doing it because of... And it's not a tangible thing. Yeah, okay. Do you need to be ready for coaching, Joe? Does you need to be open? Are there a couple of questions that you might say? Ask yourself this, and if the answer's that, then you're not ready for it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like... If you're thinking about coaching, then you're probably ready for it. Okay. Um, so we're doing um, a few one-day things now because I'm really aware of the way things have gone this year in terms of finances. People don't necessarily have the funds. And as I said, it does feel like a decadent thing to do. Yeah. So we're doing like one-day coaching events where throughout the day. So it doesn't feel like a massive investment because I don't think that people know how transformative it is and how much it's going to change your yeah. business and your life and your confidence until they do it. And then that's a big investment, you know, that's time away from their family, their, their business, which also equates to losing money. So we're doing like one day ones. And I, to anyone, I think it's a brilliant idea yeah. because it really helps you understand what your values are. And then once you know that, you can, you could then, you can have coaching yeah. or you can see whether you want to change. And not necessarily with me, just in general. In it's general, a, it's yeah. a really good... And where can people find out about those on your... We can put... Do you have a website or yes, a place? I've got a website. Okay, so I've we can put that in the yeah. in the notes wherever you're listening to this podcast. What's next? So uh, you're both very together people, or together <laughs> enough to know <laughs> when you're not. When, um, I don't. I mean, you're literally together now, but I mean, in yourself, you're mm. what I would have called somebody who's quite together, in old-fashioned speak. <laughs> Do you have a master plan or do you just go with the wind? Do you think it's good to have a plan? Do you have a five-year plan, a ten-year plan? What, how do you approach things now, Ollie? So I, every year I go into a year plan and think about what that year is going to look like. I'm also thinking in a go-by-the-seat-of-my-pants type of way what the five-year plan is going to be. But I really have learnt from the um, retreat to actually have a vision and 
visualize what you want your life to look like and where you want to be. So I think this year I've definitely got much more of a calm feeling about where I visualize my business going. Um, I want, to, as, I, as you mentioned, I want to do more education. I'm getting more involved with Siobhan with the podcast. And I want to do more stuff that's improving my business, but not necessarily doing customer's hair all the time. Right. So yeah. that's where I want to sort of make the change and step back from that and push in within the industry doing more stuff. Absolutely. So you're, what about you, Joe? Do you have a big, big plan? Um, I've always got a big plan. Yeah. Uh, so I've just come back actually from Bali. I spent a month in Bali doing my meditation teacher training oh. and I'm doing more of that this year. Um, and really just want to bring meditation into more of what I do because I've just found it so helpful over the last couple of years, especially since my dad passing and really with those limiting beliefs. And it's just like we work on 95% of our brain is our subconscious yeah so if you can tap into that five percent that is where the good stuff is yeah. and it is just amazing um so bringing more of that into my my teaching but also i saw copenhagen fashion week they some of the shows started with meditation i just thought that was so wonderful wow i know so yeah and the fashion event copenhagen fashion week if you need me i'm here <laughs> really oh fantastic yeah, love to do more of that Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. Apologies to listeners as the rain beats on the roof. I shall make you both a cup of tea and, and keep <laughs> feed you snacks until it's safe to go out <laughs> into the weather. But thank you so much for joining us here in the Respectfully Studio. Thank you, Oliver Blackaby. Thank you. Hair Salon Hove. Yes. Education coming. Yes. And lots of other things. Absolutely. And the podcast with Siobhan people yeah. can listen to. And Joe Irving, salon owner, business coach, life coach, meditation guru and <laughs> sessionista for Copenhagen Fashion Week. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much to my guests, Joe Irving, business coach, and Ollie Blackaby, salon owner of the Hair Salon in Hove. I found it really interesting to hear what they had to say about coaching and really inspiring. I hope you found it helpful and interesting too. If you like what you heard, as I mentioned at the beginning, we have a large library of hairdressing conversations which you can revisit, dip into and enjoy and share anytime. Jump over to iTunes, Spotify, our respectyou.me platform or any other good podcast hosting. You'll find plenty to enjoy. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us on the iTunes charts as it helps us to become better known, more visible and easier to find. Until next time, goodbye.